The Burt Show. Real talk. A lot of times when we're doing The Burt Show and I start the segment, I sort of know in my head how it's going to start, where we're going to take it, and I know how we're going to get out. Just sort of inherently in the back of my head, or maybe I've done it so long that I just know those things. But when we talk about things that are so deeply personal on the show, if I fear cracking the mic because I don't know what direction it's going to go in. You tend to go off script. We're going off script, mm-hmm. and there is no script. <laughs> <laughs> so this morning, my ex-wife Stacy is in studio, and it's the first time she's seen this studio, and the first time she's been on with us in, what, 10 years? Oh, it's probably six or so. I mean, I think after the divorce, the divorce, we I was on a couple times, but it's probably seven years or so. That surprises me yeah. after the divorce you were on because we weren't doing so great at times. There was a little <laughs> time where we were. Well, I was on with the with Burt's Big Adventure, right, 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 yeah, right. for the twenty year trip. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, Stacy sent me a text the other day that we're going to get into, but I'll tell you what was more impactful for me than that text you sent was when you came in studio this morning and she said, like, the anniversary of me moving out of the house is, like, coming up in the next couple of weeks. For whatever reason, I got, like, all tight in the chest and super sad immediately. Yeah, it's actually this week. It was someday this week. It was in the 20s in, in January of 2015. So it's nine years. Nine uh, years this week. It's one of the hardest days of my life is leaving the house where your kids were growing up in, where we had so many different memories. And I remember being so scared. I couldn't be in the house to begin with. I left. I'm like, I got movers. They took the little things that I had. I didn't have a whole bunch. In fact, I think my first night in the townhouse was like a TV, a beach chair, and maybe a table. Um, But I remember being so hurt by that day, I couldn't watch my stuff come out of the house. And I was moving right down the street. So I think I've tried to compartmentalize it, and I haven't really thought about it a lot. So when you brought it up, I'm like, I don't want to think about that. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought it was so um, uncanny that that I'm in today, and it was this week. You know, like nine nine years. And, you know, they say when you're – take the number of years you're married – and then divide that by two, and that's about how long it takes you to heal. Really? And I literally I've feel like I've too. come out of, of the darkness, like literally in the last six months or so. Ten years later, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I've done some pretty, you know, I mean, yeah. I've done some pretty deep work, and so. Really yeah. intense. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons why uh, I wanted to get Stace on today was her suggestion, I think, to come on, right, was um, we are at a really great place now. So great, Stace, uh, that people think that you and I are getting back together. <laughs> Somebody uh, made a little honestly. comment on my message yesterday, like, I hope you guys get back together. I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> We're good. I'm We're just, much better friends. Yes, I'm just watching her dogs. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's it. We're yeah. not getting remarried, right? Um, but things have progressed so well, and I think with any... Can you say healthy divorce? I think you and I have always been really good, even in the thickest, most tense parts of our relationship. And man, when you're going through that divorce for the very first time, you don't know what you're doing. It's different than any other breakup. There's more on the line than you've ever had before. Your ego's wrapped up in it. You're, you had control issues. I had control issues. So when the kids are at your house, I thought, oh man, that's not consistent with what's going on in my house. You should change. You felt the same way also. And we went through a a, a long period there where things were very, very intense. But to our credit, I think that we were pretty good in front of the kids. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, they were we they were number one from the we said that from the very beginning that when we when we started to talk about separating that no matter what, the kids were not going to suffer because they don't choose this. 
right? They don't choose mm-hmm. to get divorced. So at the end of the day, you've got to put all your stuff to the side. I almost swore. <laughs> <laughs> you caught Just yourself ready that, in there, Tommy. That, that hasn't changed. I can tell when Hollis has been with you for a while. He comes over to my house and he's throwing the F-bomb oh, around a lot. It's so bad. And driving super aggressive. And I'm like, you've been with your mom for five days, haven't you? <laughs> right. And what I can't say anything about the F-bomb because that's every other word for me. So it's like, I can't even discipline him, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think you know, we've, we've kept them first and that's uh-huh. been the key. And and I do want, um, because I really love where we're at right now. In fact, uh, when my engagement busted up, Stacy was one of the first to text me and say, look, if you need to talk about things, go ahead and hit me up. And I've been trying to be there for you also. And, and I think one of the reasons why you wanted to come on today was to sort of give people hope that are in that low point of their divorce, that if you guys can lose the egos, right, and keep the kids first, it can get better. I think that's number one. And I think the second piece and the big thing that I learned that shifted everything for us was coming from understanding. So drop the ego, stop thinking you know, and it's about you. Try to come from where are they coming from? Why is he choosing this? Well, I know Bert better than I know you better than you know yourself. And I probably still do. I don't know. You know I've changed a lot the last couple close. of months. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't even know me anymore. Well, right. <laughs> right. Um, but, and what I say by that is when I started to come from understanding where I was like, well, no wonder he feels this way. Of course he feels like this. This is who Bert is and this is what is drives him and what's about him. When you're looking at family history and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and just who you are in general and, and how, what your relationships are. And like when you start to come from understanding and you stop making it about you, you come from understanding first first before being understood. Mm-hmm. That changes the whole game. It's all so, about lenses because yeah. we all have our yes. own unique experiences mm-hmm. and upbringings and we all have our own lens on life. Instead of forcing everybody to look at the world through your lens, you have to take a step back and try to look at it through theirs. And when you can do that, it stops being personal. Yeah, yeah. So the key is to stop making whatever they're doing. It's not They're not doing anything to you. Mm-hmm. You're making it that way. That's how you're choosing to experience it. So it's all about how you choose to experience it. And when I stopped doing that and realizing this, the third piece is becoming creator of your life and not victim. Mm-hmm. So when you get divorced, you can't help it. You feel in victim. He did this to me. He did that to me. Why did he do this? Why did he do that? You know, and you feel it's all to you. You're in this, man. We're co-creating it together. Mm-hmm. So I'm creating it just as much as you are. So why am I choosing that? Because I don't have to react to it that way. I don't have to experience it that way. It's my choice every moment. So those were the big things for me. And mm-hmm. once I got there, then I could start to shift the way that I related to you. And that changed everything for me. Yeah. And for me, I'm not really sure where the shift came. I think it was priority with the kids first. And I think I had the same thing that you and I have well, never I been good. I sent you an email. I responded to an email with you. It was early 2020, and I came from understanding for the first time instead of fighting you. Mm-hmm. And why isn't mm, and all that? Oh, that's right. Cause I, and I, you felt understood. And all of a sudden, he was like, oh, sure, no problem. I'll do that. And I'm like, oh, my God, it really works. But I also felt like it was a trap. <laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> I, I think I even said that to you later yeah. on. It's like, th- this was so different than you normally communicate. Right. I felt like 
this is coming from a play. I, what's going on here? What's the play? What's the play? <laughs> um, but since then, I guess you're right. That yeah. has been sort of the turning point. Yeah. When, yeah. You, when you can really just stop making it personal mm-hmm. and then keep the kids first. It's a game changer. All right. So let's talk about the maiden name thing here because the way that you wrote the text to me, I it was super considerate that you wrote the text saying, hey, I'm going back to my maiden name. Um, you didn't have to do that. I would have never thought about it, to be honest with you. Um, and I guess maybe I'm unclear on why that is such an important decision. Because for me, when I got it, I'm like, yeah, it's your life. It's your name. Do whatever you want. And I, I didn't have any feelings about it. I think there's some men that could have some ego around that. Like, you don't want my name anymore, even if we're not married. Like, I think, I don't know, just I've had it a long time and Mm -hmm. it's your name. Like, that's an important name to you. And so for me to choose to not have it, I just I just wanted to be considerate. Mm. You know, I was I knew I was going to put a big post out yesterday and I was going to mention that. And I was like, well, I haven't told him. And a lot of people ask me, like, have you told Bert yet that you're, you know, and Mrs. Weiss was a big deal. Mm. She was a big deal in this town and she had a big name. And like, that was a that was a thing. And so it was a huge decision for me. So what was the reasoning behind it? Because I had a really huge shift in July, a really, really big personal awakening that kind of solidified all the work I'd been doing for the last four years. Can you talk about it or too personal? No, it's not too personal. I think what finally happened for me is I woke up and came to understand that I'd been spending my whole life seeking the approval of everyone else. So I was showing up how everybody wanted me to show up or how I thought they wanted me to show up. So it was all in my own head, right? And I was showing up how I thought people thought Stacy should show up. Just there's lots of times that we would get out of the car and you're like, don't forget your first lady of radio, mm. you know, make sure. Virtual, yeah. Right. And so it was like, you know, there was a lot of times I wasn't myself and I was choosing things and I was saying yes to things and I was being things that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't aligned with me. And so one of the, and I had this awakening in July and what it really told me was that's one of the reasons I left the marriage was because I felt like I was always seeking approval and I needed to get out on my own and figure myself out. And then I'm in this transformational community that should mm-hmm. be completely authentic. And I realized I was still showing up how I thought they wanted me to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are you doing? This is, this doesn't serve anyone at all. And so it just, I had enough awakening in it that I was like completely done. So it's just not even an option. And that's what moved me into looking for the new job and getting back to nonprofit and all of that. And that's, and so as I started to look at myself and what's not aligned with me, the name came up and Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that I'm not Mrs. Weiss anymore. Mm -hmm. That's not who I am. And it opens space for you. Like who knows where you're going to go and if you might want to marry someone again. Like you think I'm going to take her name? There doesn't need to be two Mrs. Weisses. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I don't need to be that anymore. And I, and I'm just so who I am now. And it's just another way to like be Stacy Sakel again. I I think at the end of the day, uh, and then Cass will get to your question. I'm not ignoring you. I promise. Um, I think that when we're in a healthy place, like where we are right now, we honestly just want each other to be happy. We are the um, parents of our kids. And at the end of the day, we're still pretty important to each other. Our happiness matters. And if that was what was going to make you happy, uh, forget it. I don't, I, yeah, that's all I wanted. Right. When you were over the other day and we were talking about um, your breakup and I just went to you and I put my hand on his heart and I looked right in his eyes and I said, I love you. I just want the best for you. And 
And I meant every word of that. And when I said it was so healing for me to say it to you again and to love you again, because I certainly did not love you for a while. Mm -hmm. And it just was like, wow, like that's so to be able to to bring yourself there. And I and I'm just so grateful we're talking about this because I attract all these divorced women and these are the people I'm talking to all the time. And like, how are you doing this? You know, and well, they you get wanna... to a certain age, it happens a lot. Well, yeah, right. 50% of the time. Right. And they're in really deep, ugly stuff. And you're trying to like, and I'm trying to, to teach, like teach them, like, don't, you don't have to be victim. Like, it's okay. Like, just don't make it personal. And so talking about this day is huge mm-hmm. because it'd be able to have, maybe someone will turn the corner and just choose differently. I, I would have never assumed when we were going through those really tough times um, where, yeah, I, I didn't have a lot of love for you either. Um, in fact, I was trying to do everything I could probably to avoid you and just be together when we had to with the kids that we would get to a place now where if something was going on in my life, I one of my first people I call is you to go. She knows me probably better than anybody else. Right. So it's possible. Yeah. I can only imagine how difficult the decision is, because I think for a lot of women now, Taking their husband's last name can be a difficult, it was for me at least, a difficult decision. And I couldn't imagine living with it for so long and then making the choice to step away, especially when you essentially will no longer be sharing the same last name as your sons. And I would love to know what you would say to women who are going through a divorce or who have been divorced, who are considering reverting back to their maiden name, but are maybe hanging on because they've been this person for so long, or they want the same last name as their kids and they have some maybe guilt around letting go of that. What would you say to them on their journey in terms of making that decision? I think it's super personal. So it's really kind of your situation and where you're at. For me, when we were getting divorced, Hollis said to me, mommy, now he was little, Mm -hmm. like we forget how little he was. And he said, mommy, they're not going to know you're my mom at school if you have a different name. So I was like, okay, no problem. I won't change my name. (laughs) (laughs) Why would I do that? (laughs) You know, so I I didn't. And then I didn't for a long time. And so I, I would say it's really about what's best for you. But I think there is a piece of this that like, I probably could have done this maybe five years ago. Hollis probably would have been okay then, but it was more for me about when they were ready. And now they're like, are you kidding me? Why haven't you done it already? They never know, right? I, I commend you for doing it because it's a lot of paperwork. Oh, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh my it? God, it's oh so much God. paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it everywhere. And now with... I mean, if you d- if I did it 10 years ago, there wasn't so much social media and like every single account, everything, yeah. everything. Don't forget your sky miles. I forgot to do that. Stacy got a brand new job here a couple of weeks ago also. And that's what really started to open up our communication as well, because she needed a place for her dogs. And I'm like, well, I like dogs temporarily. <laughs> um, so tell them about the new job, too, because it feels to me like. This is the perfect match for you. Oh, it has been so exciting. The whole journey of getting this position has been amazing. So I'm now with Kate's Club, and it's a bereavement charity that um, helps empower children and teens and their caregivers um, to move through grief in an empowering way. And they've been around for uh, 20 years, um, started by a woman named Kate Atwood. We both came up in the ranks in, in the Atlanta area with our charities. So we started in 2002, Burt's Big Adventure 
Theater and Kate's Club started in 2003. And they helped us quite a bit. Like when one of our Burt's Big Adventure kids lost a sibling or vice versa or whatever, they were there for us volunteering saying, hey, we got a place for them. Yep. So they became members right away. So we had this crossover for a long time. It still do, you know, which is great. And so it was very natural fit and it was very much um, full circle too. So that was really exciting. Like when I had this big awakening in July, it kind of, I reassessed and I said, what do you want to be doing with your life? And I was like, nonprofit is, it just kept coming up and coming up and coming up. So I started looking in November, um, four rounds of interviews with them. It was rigorous. They, they did not let up and they were <laughs> stone face. They were so good. Like I, Judy, I was like, I had no idea. The second they made the offer, Judy sends me a text. She says, I'm so excited about you. But it, you, I would have never known that in the process. But the job is um, regional director of I'm sorry, director of regional expansion. And they're taking Kate's Club to other cities in Georgia. That's so great. Awesome. So they've already gone into three cities, Athens, Brunswick, and Albany. And I'll be managing those teams and then growing it even more in the state. Um, so it's really exciting. And they've been so welcoming. And it's just a perfect fit because I've done all of these things before. So I can just bring my expertise and incredible. Congrats. You are exuding joy right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. You really are. So Thanks. happy for you. Thank you. Congrats on the new job. Thank you. Get them dogs over to my house. I will. <laughs> this went way better than the Bobby segment. Yeah. <laughs> way better. At some point, you're going to have to let that go. I, I never. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're in here. Thanks. All right, it's the Burt Show. Hey, the Burt Show.